Blog Talk Radio.
Exactly. Yeah, they did. They did post. Um, we had a Facebook group, so we were able to talk about some things, and they posted a small playbook. Um, like you said, it is always difficult when you don't have a lot of time together, and you know it's, it might not be the plays or the defense that you run during your season. So there's little adjustments you have to make. But again, once you kind of get to that level of All American, most most everybody can, if not help each other out, at the very least, you know, kind of use their ability to to work through it with, with the coaches. Cause the coaches that were out there were actually also very helpful. Uh, that was one of the reasons I wanted to go was cause that was information and some learning tips that I got that, you know, you might not always get because everybody has their own perception of things. So the way your coach might mention something and explain something to you, somebody else might explain it different and it might make more sense to you. You never really know. Right. Yeah. No, that, yeah. And that's, that's a great tip. So when you got to meet the girls, what was it like um, meeting players from all these? I mean, because there was probably players from, like, 20 different teams there for the All-American game. I'll oh, yeah, that, that was, was I, think, I think that was the best part. It, it, it was a little intimidating at first because a lot of the other teams, there were, like, small groups from each team, and obviously you could tell the ones that kind of were in the same areas and were more familiar with each other, but at the same time, everybody – everybody still was was there for everybody and talking to everybody and everybody wanted to win this year which is is helpful and you don't always get sometimes when you all come together from different teams Some right people might be out there for fun or other things but we really did want to win this year unfortunately we we didn't quite pull it off we didn't have too many numbers considering Atlanta is kind of farther away from a lot of the American teams and right, right. a lot of the LA girls were there for the games and whatnot. So, but yeah. I think we made progress. Everybody said that it wasn't as much of a, a blowout, I guess, in the pa- compared to in the past. I, I didn't experience any of the past games, but I felt like it was a competitive game. It was, it was back and forth. We had some chances, you know, but yep. mm-hmm. I think it's going to be good continuing into the future. Coach Mike, do you want to share what's happened in the past as far as the All-American game? Well, and I don't know if you knew this or not, Strick, but uh, the American Conference has yet to win a All-American game so far. Uh, there was one year I, I do Yeah, I remember our, our first year uh, – well, not first year, but the first time we went to the championship and uh, they had the All-American game, if I remember correctly – I believe the game was tied at the end of the uh, Las Vegas um, at, in Las Vegas there. I believe it was tied at the end of the All-American game, and they had to go on to play extra time. Um, and they went ahead and did that, if I remember correctly, because we actually were waiting to take the field for warm-ups and everything else and ended up, uh, you know, having a little bit longer time out there. But, uh, but that's been the closest we've been, I believe. Uh, this week's game was, you know, competitive. Uh, and I think that uh, you know we'll uh, we'll give it another shot next year, see how we can do. I think we might be able to pull it off. And my understanding, uh, Rashawn, have you joined the call with us? Yeah, I'm here. I'm listening. Hi, Rashawn. So you hey. actually um, you played in the um, All American game, and we had just asked Strick, you know, her perception of it, but um, and she had explained to everybody on that. You know, you guys get a little a small playbook um, a couple weeks before, and you you look at it. But um, what? How did you feel about? Uh, you've been to All American games before, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and how many how many championships have you actually like gone to watch or been in? To watch, I've been in um, more than a few. Played in, and one was last year with uh, the Dallas Elite. Um, but as far as All-Star games, <laughs> I've been going to All-Star games for, like, let's see. I've been playing since 2003, so <laughs> I don't know how to add all that up right now. But, I mean, you get the picture. I've been I've been to a lot of them. You've been um, going. Okay, yeah. Have so, you gone, yeah. <laughs> have you gone to all those All-American games, Gore? Just about, yeah. Yeah, so 15 so years when of we, All-American yeah, so um, initially we were in the IWFL, so I went out to all those, and I have pictures yep. on, like, my Facebook from, like, 2006, you know, and going out to Cali wow. and whatnot because, you know, 
you know, back in the day. Well, they always, actually always had them in Round Rock, Texas, when we played in the IWFL. Yeah. And then yeah. um, the WFA, they tried to make it so that they would move it around coast to coast. Um, the last couple of years it's been in Pittsburgh because of the venue. This year in Atlanta, right. the venue was really nice. I mean, it's – I like that. I like that they're – these franchises that are um, – able to put this together like this and have a nice venue for everybody to come to. And um, the year prior to that, uh, I believe San Diego, we were in a nice area as well. That was my first year playing in Chicago, and we got bumped out by D.C., so we were in the second round. So we ended up going to the um, the All-Star game in San Diego, and there wasn't a lot of Nationals players, but I was the quarterback for them. Uh, and the little group that we had, which was kind of like the year, like this year, except this was the American Conference. We had a small group, but we still got the job done. And it, for me, it was kind of just funny to be on the other end of it again because I've played for both sides, you know? Yeah. So what did you think? So uh, Strick was explaining that, you know, this being her first year going to the championship weekend, that um, it was kind of weird at first because she didn't know too many people, but a lot of people were welcoming and everything. So how do you feel about it? I mean, because you went back there and probably saw people that you've known for years. I mean, I know I know a lot of people from all over. I play, When I played for the USA, um, the women's national team in 2013, I bonded with a lot of the players from all over. Um, and I've just been playing for so long that I obviously have made friendships and networked with um, people from different teams. So for me, it's like a family reunion. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. No. And, that, and, you that's know, exactly. Yeah. So when I go out there, and, and then it's funny because, like I said, I played for the Nationals All Star team the last, last couple of years. Um, I mean, last year I was in the championship, but prior to that, I was playing on the national side. So a lot of those girls walked up to me and they're like, "Oh, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I play for Dallas now." So um, that was funny. Um, but it's all love, so it was a good feeling. It was nice to see everybody. And for Strick, you know, her first time, I thought that she was super humble. I just love the way – I love Strick, man. <laughs> She's just awesome. So all around, like, my first time going to All-Star Games, I had a chip on my shoulder. I was I was, I was, was very cocky, and I didn't like anybody, you know. But that's something that, you know, through time – and then I was young, you know what I mean? So I was, like, 18 years old. So for me, everybody was the enemy. <laughs> but but then as I got to know everybody and, like, start to play the game and see, okay, this is a sisterhood, you know, I think that Strick already had that feeling, like, this is a sisterhood, you know what I mean? So I, I was pretty impressed by her and her poise and all that. Because she didn't seem intimidated to me. She just looked like she was no, out there she having fun. Yeah, she didn't seem intimidated. In fact, when I, uh, when I first saw her at the, uh, I believe it was when she walked into the Division Two game, Mm-hmm. Uh, I walked up to her and I said, so what do you think just walking in? And she said, she said, man, it's great to be around so many people that love women's football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that was special too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And everybody that's there, everybody that's there cares about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. So real quick before, so while you guys were doing your, the All-American practice, uh, Coach Mike and I went to the Division Three championship between the Orlando Anarchy and the Arkansas Wildcats. And we so thought that the Arkansas Wildcats were just going to some fun. <laughs> and, oh, my goodness, the game was totally opposite. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was definitely Orlando- a surprise, I think, for everybody. Yeah. Orlando came ready to ready to play. They, I mean, they did a really good job. But um, we actually had just kind of a shout out to the Detroit Dark Angels. The girls came up and just sat next to us, and they just happened to be um, on the team that one of our players, uh, Tessa Sharman, she's been on the show several times and hosted the show. Um, but they came up and uh, were standing next to us, and it was so it was so funny because we just started talking to each other about which team was going to win um, but it was mm-hmm. it was friendly it was funny um, so mm-hmm. you know just you know a little bit of rivalry just because they picked one team we picked the other team and and started cheering for them so that it was pretty funny but um we were super surprised that um, Arkansas had such a hard time the other the other team we got to give a shout out to they they came at first just to borrow shade but then they ended up sticking around and we had a 
we had a good long talk over there with the uh, Mile High Blaze, a bunch of the ladies from the Mile High Blaze, and and oh, yeah. uh, the owner, uh, Win from from there, and all that. They were great bunch of people to hang out with, and and um, you know just watch a bunch of football. We watched uh, six and a half hours of football on uh, <laughs> Friday, and another six and a half hours worth of football on Saturday. So it was good fun. Yeah. So you guys, after the after the All American practice was done, you guys were able to join at the Division Two Championship, uh, which was the Minnesota Vixen versus the New York Sharks, both ever. Um, so, um, real quick, Strick, what did you what did you think about um, what you saw on the field for that Division Two Championship game? I honestly think that that game was actually my favorite game out of the whole weekend. Um, yeah. Obviously, besides being on the sideline and, you know, being able to yell and be invested in, in the All-American game. But that Division Two game was probably my favorite game just to be uninvolved and just watching because it was, it was very competitive. They, they made it really interesting at the end. Both teams, like you said, because they've been around for a while, both teams were, were well-drilled and they didn't have any of the extra theatrics or unnecessary things that – newer establishments might struggle with because they, they just had everything un, under control and everything organized and just, it yeah. was a very well-played football game. Yeah. Gore, what did you think about it? Yeah, I definitely thought it was, I'm just going to say, I think that was the best game of the weekend. Um, two quarterbacks that were poised, you know what I mean? And they, like, I know Mulligan, I played with her from the 2013 um, USA game. So, again, that's another person that I, I know. And uh, she played so well. Like, it was very, I don't want to say Tom Brady-esque, but her balls were on point. She stayed in the pocket. Like, even when she was, like, there was, she should she could have panicked, she would, she stayed composed, and she kept uh, her team in it. It was a, a play she threw a post on. And they had to make that play, and they made that play, and then their offense put these drives together, and they just continued to rally. And the Vixen never gave up, so it, it just it was really good for women's football. That game in particular for me, I was just like, man, that was really good. I like to watch it. Um, it was entertaining, and it was a good, really good, like, um, from, like, skill point. Like that girl that caught the ball in the end zone and two-tapped and dragged her feet for the Vixen. I was like, What? You know, it was good, sound football. Like, it wasn't trash football. It was people with a skill level. I mean, the sport has come a long way, and that was really nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, you know, way back before we had tiers in women's football, both of those teams were tier one. I mean, everybody was in the same division at that point, but they were like the teams to – to mimic or the teams to get information from um, because they had been established for so long and um, they always had, you know, 40 plus ladies. They always were, you know, established track fundraising. I mean, they were just well established and they always had their stuff together. So um, shout out to both the Vixen and the, the shark. It just so happens that this was the shark 20th year and it's their last year. Um, in case anybody doesn't know that, they they kind of, I think they announced it a little bit before, but not super um, public no, that the New York Sharks, yeah, New York Sharks are no longer gonna um, gonna be um, a team this year. It's gonna be the New York Wolves. Wolves um, it's gonna be the new team there in New York. So. Um, I'm glad that it's popping sure. up, though, and it's not just a void because Chicago, the same thing happened, and so far there's nothing there, and I just – it makes me sad, you know? Right, right. Well, and that's yeah. exactly – I uh, we were able to um, speak to the New York Sharks owner. Um, the current owner, Andre. And, uh, and I just give a shout-out to Jennifer King, though, too, because she's another one that, that Mulligan connected with, and they made that, that magic on the field for the offense. Sorry, I just had to shout mm-hmm. her out, too. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. another one that's one. Yeah, Damn no, that's good. Yeah, no, I gotcha. The um but yeah, the uh Audra from the, the New York Sharks, I mean she's been around a long time. Um and I, like you talked about Chicago, it, it's exactly what I said to her. I said I'm you know, I'm so sorry that you're <clears> leaving, <throat> you know, it just breaks my heart. You know, the 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 St. Louis slam, 
they were around forever mm-hmm. and didn't play this season. I'm hoping that somehow they, they come back for next season. But you're right. The It's hard to hear these names gone, like the, the Chicago Fours. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's got to be a team in Chicago. I mean, yeah. there just has to be. Those major cities, yeah, with the Blue Bloods. I mean, when a, when a big house goes down like that, it's just kind of, it's like the part of the foundation is being rattled. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, so we'll have to talk to Coach Mike and see if he wants the team in just talk. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's only driving to Dallas. That's not happening. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so, um, so the division three and division two games were played over on a side field while the, um, all-American team was practicing, and then also Division while one. the Division One team was practicing. So um, I don't have exact numbers on um, how many people they had over there, but um, I'm thinking it's about 300-ish, maybe 400 um, throughout the night because there were some people that came and then left, and then there were some, some people that stayed the whole night. Um, but they had the stands, and they put some tents up for shade, um, which was really a, a good idea. Um, I thought, especially starting out at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it was a little toasty there when we first got there. I'm sure you were experiencing that in all-American practice, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was just happy it wasn't there. triple digits, but it, it actually was pretty hot. I was like, uh, <laughs> but we can, you know, it's, in Texas, you can't even breathe. You can't even, like, turn your head without sweating. So at least we could, like, get out there. And I just had spandex on, <laughs> yeah. so I was like, this is – it's a hot. It's too hot. So I was just out there in my spandex doing my thing, yeah. but it was pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. By, the, yeah. by the by the middle of Division Two game, I mean there was a breeze. That had cooled down. It had cooled down. Mm-hmm. So on. So then. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to bring up something by the way. So that you know when you guys talk about the Minnesota Vixen and the Sharks game, the competitiveness of that game was a lot of fun. Um, the one thing I love most about football is the ebb and flow. You know, you feel the shift in the momentum from direction to direction mm-hmm. and the way that all goes. Um, and I, I have to agree with you that the most competitive game and the funnest game to watch was really that Division Two game. There was one point toward the end of the game there where Minnesota appeared to have stripped the ball and was Man, running it that play the- blew me. I was oh, like, yeah. Was- that was a clear strip. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the momentum had been stopped. The referees had blown the whistle um, when they saw the momentum had stopped. So they they blew that whistle, and, and uh, the play was dead at that moment. Um, but, uh, you know, that that was a pivotal point there where they, you know, could have turned okay. the, the, whole, the whole game. But, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, you're going to have calls that, you know, they're not necessarily calls that are made bad on purpose or anything like that, or, you know, the whistle's not blown on purpose mm-hmm. for, um, you know, because they are trying to stop something like that. Uh, you know, they just, uh, it's just a mistake made, and that's the way it goes in football. Uh, if we watch it on There's film, games. we might, might agree with the referee that it was stopped. But uh, Man, I just wanted to bring that up. And, and it was yeah. Deal, you know? And well, I mean, for, for teams that, so teams that aren't okay. tough mentally, that would have broke them. You know what I mean? That that kill in the momentum or that big play that they, they, they got overturned, you know, that can really put a team down so far that they can't recover, you know what I mean? But the Vixens kept fighting. I mean, it would have been a major, yeah. major shift for them if they would have got that because that that was a definitely a strip. But, like, they kept fighting, you know, and it came down because a big, a big missed call like that, or like a missed opportunity like that, you know, it's a, those type of games are so close. It's like whoever makes the first mistake is like, which they made more than that, but I mean, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it comes down to that. It, that's what it comes down to is who can, who can capitalize. Yeah. Well, and the, and the, the uh, coaches of the mm-hmm. uh, Minnesota Vixen, um, mm-hmm. I was extremely impressed with how they kept their composure during that situation. Right. Um, <laughs> Some of them coaches yeah, would have been in their ears the face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, you bring up a great point about the, the fact that the the game part of it, it it's not. I mean, it is about skill and it is about knowing the plays and everything. But 
so much of the success of the game is mental um, mm-hmm. that that's really one one component that teams have to understand uh, going into a game because you're right, something like that, uh, a negative situation can really affect uh, the ability for a team to play, you know, for the next mm-hmm. 20 minutes. I um, think so. I see a lot of it in women's football. You know, you, the, whoever scores first, you know, usually that, that just puts the other team in this headspace or they just feel like they've lost the game, and that comes from lack of experience because you have four quarters to play, you know, and I've played on teams like that, you know. When I played in Seattle, I, I just remember this feeling of when I first started playing quarterback for them in 2013, we played the Utah Jinx. They scored first. I didn't flinch. And since I was a quarterback, you know, my team followed that. They felt that. Now, if I would have been, you know, like, oh, I'll give up or whatever, sad or would have flinched, they would have been like, okay, it's over with. You know, but when you have you have the experience and you have that confidence and you've trained and you know, like, you're ready for battle. You know what I mean? And it's just funny to see which organizations they fight back, you know, and which organizations they give up. And it's just all about experience and trusting each other and, and uh, you know, I don't know, it's just a grit, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was a great so then, game. I feel like they didn't never gave up, and I just I, that, that's what made that game great was that they kept fighting back and forth, going back blow for blow. Yeah. Yep. So did you guys did you guys participate in the after party? The so that would have been Friday night after party. There was like a a nightlife. <laughs> the beer no. crawl. <laughs> I'm not even gonna let you finish a sentence. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I had a game on Saturday morning, you know, Saturday. So I was like, no, I'm not even going to put myself in the yep. situation of yep. trying to fight that. Well, and the idea was great. I know that some of the people left the Division Two game. You know, they went they went to the Division Three, didn't go to the Division Two because they were going to do this beer crawl thing, um, mm-hmm. some of the people that were around us. Um, so <clears throat> I'm not sure how it went, but from what I understand, it, it was a, a really fun time. And, um, yeah, we, uh, we too, we stayed till the end of the football game. And then by the time we got back to our hotel, it was almost midnight. So, um, yeah. we kind of, it was actually nice because we slept in. And then on, uh, Saturday, so the All-American game happened. Um, do you guys want to do a, a quick recap of the All-American game? I mean, Coach Mike talked about the fact that the, the one team has never, as of yet, As the All American team has yeah. not, the uh, American Conference team has not won. But that's going to change hopefully next year, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully, hopefully we won't be playing on that next year. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, for yep. recap, I don't know, Strick, do you want to? I mean, I was from practice to the to the game time. You know, it was like a lot to take in offensively. Um, So we just tried to make it as simple as possible, but, you know, that's sometimes that's tough to do with that amount of time and then, you know, whatever else is going on. So I think um, for the most part we just try to do the best that we we could with what we had, you know, because like Strick said, we didn't have um, a lot of numbers just because, you know, the – the Americans are coming from, like, the West Coast kind of thing. So to be flying all the way from the East Coast, it wasn't a lot of numbers. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, we got in there. Defense did their thing. They held up, you know, as long as they could. But our offense, unfortunately, just couldn't get a drive going, um, and we couldn't score. So, yeah. 14 yeah. Zero, that's, okay. four, that's the outcome. So then after so then after the American game, everybody went and took their showers and um there was the best of the best. It was kinda like a combine style um, competition and some of the players even from the all star game quickly took a shower and then participated in the best of the best throwing and catching and the 40 on it. Run, yeah, 40-yard dash type thing. I um, didn't even know but, about that competition until I was scrolling, until I was actually in Atlanta the day of the game, and I was scrolling to find something, or like the day before or something like that, and I just noticed it on the, the feed, 
And I was like, oh, I didn't even know there was a skills challenge. And so, like, I was there after the game. I I didn't take a shot. I was just, like, wandering around saying hi to people and whatnot. And then everybody just kept asking me if I was doing the skills challenge. And I was like, no. And I found out it was $35 to get into it. So I was like, definitely no. Um, but, yeah, I guess Mulligan, she threw, like, a 50-yard bomb. She won the, the furthest throw. And um, I yep. forgot who won the 40, but um, I can't remember her name. But yeah, no, that was I thought that was pretty cool. I just didn't know about it otherwise I, I would have tried to probably get into it. I know you were trying to get me into it, Mike, but I just was like not feeling it. Oh, I know, I got you. Yeah, I, after you get done playing the game, you got all that stuff going on and, you know, it's it's just yeah. what you wanna do. But uh yeah, the um Strick, what did you you know, we didn't really hear from you on the all American game. How did it I know you weren't playing in the game just because of your hand injury, but what uh, what did you think of the All American game from the sideline? How was it going? Yeah, kind of like Gore said, like our offensively, it's it's always a little bit more challenging just because scheme and route combos and whatnot is a little bit more con. It's a little bit more complica- complicated compared to, you know, this is the style of defense that we want to play. So um, our defense really did a good job of of keeping the game close and tight and, and the offense did get close a few times, but you know, we just, we just came a little bit short, but the energy on the sideline was good. I mean, for the, for you guys telling me that the American team has never won, nobody really had came into the game with the attitude that they thought that we weren't going to win this game. So, I mean, I still enjoyed myself. Like you said, I think next year and at the very least in, in a few years to come that, that's that we will no longer be able to say the American team has never won this game. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's good. And I, you know, um, one thing that uh, having gotten to see some of those people the night before, um, did you find yourself, you know, uh, kind of getting into it there with the, with the girls that were on your sideline, the other American conference players? You, you talking I'm, to Strick, right? What's that? I was just, I, I was just asking, were you asking Strick that? Yeah, Strick. Uh huh. I know she's new. Yeah, I know so, she was new to it. That you know that game, and that was the first time she had met those people the night before. So how did you, you know, were you able to kind of get to know a few of those people the night before, and then get into the All American game and, and know some of those folks, or was it still more just meeting people there? Yeah, so there were a few girls because I did, I did kind of walk around in practice to be an extra body to help because, like we talked about earlier, we didn't have too many too many numbers. So um, I was out there. I got to talk to some of the people that were kind of more in, in my positional area. So um, I think I made some friends that if I saw again, especially out on the field, I'd be able to come up to them after the game and, and they'd, we'd remember who each other was and be able to have a conversation. Um yeah. You know, I I get into the game a lot, so I was up and down the the sideline yelling a lot. So I actually did get to talk to some of the other people in other position groups as well. So overall, I think I think it was I think the weekend went well as a whole, just for the sake of the American Conference as a whole as well. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So just to, to start getting into the um, the actual championship Division One game, um, which was L.A. Warriors. Uh, versus the Boston Renegades, right? Um, I I always I always try to go for the underdog. You know, people thought that Boston was going to win, so I, you know, I have my reasons. But you know, Lisa, um, who I consider a friend of mine, Lisa King was playing on the Warriors, and boy, man, I just I just wanted those passes to be caught and oh I was just so frustrated but um so I'm up in the owner's booth so just so you guys know so they they allowed the owners to go into a suite and um so we were able to as the um, all-american game was going on we um we were up in the owner's suite uh with probably I mean we probably connected with 20 to 25 other owners of um, teams anywhere from oh my gosh, uh, we Colorado Freeze, Colorado Blaze. Um, we saw the Detroit team again. Um, we saw a San Diego team again. 
Um, and then we also saw the, uh, what is that, Las Cruces. Yeah. La Muerte. La Muerte de Las Cruces. Yes. Um, which, a shout out to them. If anybody gets a chance to go check out their website, um, they have do a really good, they gave us their business card on the back. They, uh, they paint each of the girls, half of the girls' faces for their promotional pictures. Um with a skull, half the face is a skull. Yeah, the sugar skull. The sugar skull. And, oh, my gosh, it, I mean, it's just a really good idea. So if anybody gets a chance to go check that out, I was really impressed. I mean, they're they're a newer team, Division Three, and they're, you know, they're really trying hard to figure this thing out, uh, you know, women's football. And um, I think they're doing a great job. Um, we got to talk to a lot of the owners that um, are newer owners. Um, we also talked to the um, Richmond Black Widows, yep. and then we also got to talk to Music City. So they're, they're I mean, we, yep. We so it was it was pretty cool. So uh, we stayed up there for a little bit, um, and then we actually came down into the stands um, to watch the Division One game. Um, I, I'll let you guys get more into the technical stuff because for me personally, um, usually when I'm at a football game, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off because I'm checking merchandise, I'm checking concession stands, gate ticket sales, I'm making sure that the the water uh, boy took care of the water and the, all of the locker rooms and both sides and all that kind of stuff. So this was actually I have like absolutely no responsibility. Um, and I got to just sit there, so that was for me. Well, that was a... well, and I think Gore and Strick, you could probably attest to this, but she doesn't just sit there, does she? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, she... I thought you guys. Whenever I looked over, you guys looked like you were chilling. So I mean, I was watching the games, and I was talking <laughs> to um, my old, um, my former. Um, team owner from the Chicago Forest, Linda Boucher. So I was actually, and that was really nice to see her, you know, because I haven't seen her in a couple of years. And so I was chopping it up with her and then I was just watching the game, you know, and yeah. I looked over and I saw you guys and I was, you know, it was just nice to be in good company. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, a couple of times I, I get just screaming and acting crazy. And then I forgot that the chair, I almost fell on the <laughs> floor like twice. Because <laughs> they were in the Airback chairs, and so thank God I ca- I caught myself. But yeah, no, I almost fell like twice. Um, but yeah, nice. <laughs> so I stopped jumping up and down at that point because um, I didn't want to break a hip bone or something. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so I stopped screaming at that point. And then of course I started yelling. I there's a guy right in front of us for Boston, and I'm yelling for LA. So I'm just trying to egg him on because he's getting so upset. And when calls or you know refs and all this kind of stuff and so i'm just egging him on but you know i and i'll tell you it was kind of cool because um and i and i think you guys saw this too but the one we were talking about he had the red the red paint in his the hair red mohawk the <laughs> paint on his face, you know uh yeah he was he was hilarious but um it's it's cool to see fans you know having a good time at the game like that and seeing it from that perspective because most of the time they're standing behind us and we're not getting to hear all that, you know? So that, that was really yeah, cool yeah. To, to be on that side of it for once. So I definitely thought have, the turnout uh, was – I was just saying, I thought the turnout was nice too. Like, there was a lot of fans in the stands and, like, it was just a lot going on. It was it was really buzzing out there. So it was a, it was good energy. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because when you look at it from a camera standpoint, uh, there were quite a few fans in the stands down in the bottom part anyway. But what people don't realize is that all those suites back up on the top were all full of people as well. And then, there was, and then there's exactly. a third level up top in that stadium, and they were, you know, there was a bunch of people up in there too. The the concession yeah. stands sold out food and you know that kind of stuff. So it was a it was a good night for women's football, you know. Yeah, I really think the venue was really dope, too, and I think that that was a good attraction for it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not sure how much that's going to show. I haven't looked at the live stream because we were were there, but um, the live stream actually – usually 
the live stream comes from the opposite side. Um, they sit over on the away side and look towards the home field, you know, the home side. And so they, you get to see the fans. Now, for some reason, right before the Division One game, they switched sides um, <laughs> and put put it up on top of the home side. So when you watch the live stream, my guess is that you're going to see no – I mean, it was empty on the other side. We just used That's the wack. home side. Yeah. Also, oh, see, that doesn't look great. <laughs> right, no, it doesn't make it look great. But um, Coach Mike actually checked out the live stream. So how many – Well, and, and that's, uh, this is a good time right here because uh, Coach Bulldog is on the phone here as well. Um, and uh, she actually watched the live stream. So what was your perspective, Bulldog? Uh, it wasn't too bad. Um, like Lynn says, you didn't see a whole lot of people there. I was contacting you over the text message asking if there was a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, but overall, the streaming was great. Um, voices were off a little bit. <laughs> so it kind of got interesting a few times. But for the most part, it was uh, it was pretty good. It was, it was well-spent money. I think it uh, definitely showcased us a lot. Yeah, so I don't know, um, Strick and Gore, the, the game was broadcast on ESPN3, um, which is at the Internet-based part of ESPN. Uh, but if you had a, uh, like, Dish and DirecTV and some of those also showed DirecTV, the ESPN3 on their station as well. So you could look it up, you know, watch it on your big screen if you wanted to. So um, we can go back in and rewatch the game. Yeah, it's it's on ESPN three on the website. If you go uh if you go on to ESPN three and look up uh, past there's a tab there for past, past events. events. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And uh I you saw look it on, on there, there I watch. saw it on there today. Yeah, that was pretty sharp. Um uh, I sat and watched a little bit of it myself. It's it's you know, a good deal. I think they did a really good job. And didn't you say there's there was I was amazed at how many views yeah, there had been at the time when I looked at it last night or yesterday afternoon. I guess it would have been last night, sometime. Uh, whenever we got back from Atlanta, uh, there were uh, 108,000 views on it at that point. Right. Uh, so that's that's pretty significant. That's awesome. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. So the yeah. So the good thing about that is obviously you know that's a big jump from. The years That's past. That's the coverage years. we need, you know. We have right. been exactly. on something like that. So exactly. it's, but you see these teams like Atlanta, Seattle, Chicago when they were there. Like their their um, their videographers and their marketing is there. So when they do like promos and stuff like that, you'll see that they have three thousand views. You know what I mean? And they're they're trying to make sponsorship opportunities with, uh, you know, the community and also with the NFL teams in their area. So when they get that support or they get that that exposure, I mean, you get eyes on us and, like, I feel like that's that's what's missing right now. And so right. we're starting well, to get into that, and so that's that's really good. That's awesome. That's what we need. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, like I said, the only, the only thing I'm a little bummed about is those 108,000 views were of the away stands. So I got, I have pictures. I took pictures of the stands. I'm going to put them out there on Facebook um, here probably tomorrow, but just pictures of how many fans were in the stands um, to give people an idea of what, you know, what was going on. But it and was that, great. And that's for the All-American game too. I was really surprised at how many people we had on the All-American game as well. It was really, mm-hmm. it was really nice to see that many people turn out for all of that, um, you know, and it, let's let's kind of shift gears for just a second over to the the uh, to the championship game, and let's talk about um, let's bulldog. What was your perspective watching it on the uh, internet? There, uh, what did you think of the game itself? Well, I actually chimed in on it. It was right before halftime, and. I will give it to Boston, man. They got some athletes. They they look the part. They play the part. Um, but, you know, I thought L.A. had every opportunity. They just needed to throw the ball a little bit. They relied on 
a running game that has got them there, but you got to step it up and at least be a balanced team when you get to the championship. You can't put it all on that one girl to run the ball. I mean, she's a beast, but, you know, you had Lisa King out there catching some beautiful balls. I mean, and it's like they gave up on the passing game. I mean, so I think personally it could have been a lot better game, but I believe L.A. definitely got out coached. Um, but they left it on the field. I mean, their defense tried. <laughs> yeah, they never stopped coming, did they? <laughs> yeah. I, I would have liked to see the Kansas City in there because I think, I think it would have been a little bit different of a game in the aspect yeah. of it, I believe. But That is possible. Yeah. Strick, what did you think of that Division One game? Uh, I I completely agree with Bulldog. I I did like like uh, Lynn said. I kind of like rooting for underdogs. And then being in uh, a California LA kid myself, you know, I was kind of <laughs> secretly rooting rooting for them because I like an underdog story. That's my hometown. But I was a little nervous that their inexperience would end up hurting them in this championship game because sometimes that's that's the difference when you get to a championship. A lot of the times it's it's two teams that are playing at a high caliber and they, they hit their stride at the right time. But, but sometimes the difference is, is your lack of experience. And, and like Bulldog said, sometimes it's even coaching, not being able to, to make that adjustment when you make it to that final step. But, you know, they gave it a good run. It'll be competitive. Talking to those Kansas city girls, you know, they were also the same way. They were like, man, this should have been us. And, so they were upset. So I think everybody's got a fire under their butts for next year to to get there because I think they see – I feel like t- just talking to everybody, everybody feels like they're just a few steps away from getting to that point. So. Yeah, I think – and Coach we had Mike, the same you, conversation. Today. Coach Mike, how do you feel? Do you feel you're a few steps away from – I think I think we truly are <laughs> a few steps away from being able to go to the championship. I think what we have to do is get the numbers up. Um I'll tell you, even the Division Two game, you know, each of those teams had 44 players. Uh, they were, you know, they were not uh, having to go both ways most of the time. They were, you know, being able to get some rest on the sideline and come back out and do another, you know, play some other downs and, and uh, you know, focus on their positions and all those things. So hopefully some of those things we'll be able to do going into the next season with a longer timeline than we had this year. Uh, Gore, what did, what did you think of that? Division one game. Anything to add there? Yeah, um, I didn't really think much of it. Like it was a blowout, and uh, you know I don't like to watch a blowout, but I stayed because I'm there for the weekend. I'm there to support the, you know, to support women's football. You know what I mean? But definitely, like I, like I said, it, the New York and the the Minnesota game was the the game of the weekend. Yep. Um, I, I totally expected that outcome for LA and, and Boston. Boston's a powerhouse. They're experienced. They've all been together for a while. Um, LA, the the caliber of teams out west that you have to compete with to get to the championship is not the same that you do out in the east or the midwest. So, you know, um, I heard that LA has only played like three games up until that point, and they were running clocks. So by halftime, those guys were winded, you know, so that played a factor on them. Um, but that's just kind of like my my observation and whatnot. But, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's on point. That's for sure. I, I 100% agree with Gore that um, – You have to be battle-tested before you get right, to the championship yeah. game. And, that's, and, it's a, and we're getting there for women's football. I mean, obviously the goal is uh, – um, less forfeit, uh, more challenge, mm-hmm. more quality of football um, on every team. And so mm-hmm. there are situations that, you know, when you're when you, when you you're in the league and you set up a schedule, the schedule is the schedule, and hopefully um, each of those teams is going to give you some competition. Um, so uh, this scenario just turned out to where, they they had less competition throughout the regular season. Um, they got through Kansas City and made it. Uh, yeah, L.A., you know, you got to give them props, props for getting right. out there to, you know, making the trip from L.A. to Kansas City and, and 
and taking down Kansas City. Yep, they handled their business on that game. And then, uh, you know, the championship game, I think, uh, Bulldog, you can chime in here. I I think they – I think L.A. actually had a couple opportunities where the momentum was shifting. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, They kind of felt like it for a little bit. And then it would shift back rather quickly. It fizzled out. It fizzled out because the conditioning of that team, they're talented, but – Talent can only take you so far, you know. You have to also iron sharpens iron sharpens iron. You know what I mean? And that's football. It's a mental thing and it's a physical thing. So once your physical goes, your mental is what keeps you afloat. And if you're just not conditioning, you know, it's it's gonna you're gonna succumb to that. Boston was just yeah. on their game. They were sharp. Yeah. They've been there before, you know. Thing. And I know LA has been there, but it's like Boston. I know they were they were thirsty for it after last year because we they were there this is their second their back-to-back um you know showing up in the, in the championship so i got you. yeah that bad tasting your mouth gives you a little bit of a chip on your shoulder mm-hmm. they, they wanted it <laughs> what what did you say there bulldog i couldn't hear you there it seemed like um a lot of these teams and gore you can chime on how much time you got when you get out there in that offensive huddle but when they were running that um, play clock. It seemed like mm-hmm. there was a lot of flags thrown for that. So I'm guessing a lot of teams aren't using that play clock in our league, which uh, I know usually we don't either. But you got a ref <clears throat> at least talking. Um, mm-hmm. But that seemed like a big problem. Even the announcers that was were funny talking because that. Time. Yeah, that was the same thing in our All American game. We were like delay game, delay game. We're like. Oh my goodness! It was to the point where it was petty. It was like, okay, um, are we going off this clock off the board? Or are y'all going to count? But if they were counting, they weren't counting out loud. So it was a little. I think that was a confusing miscommunication, whatever you want to call it. I don't think anybody really knew for sure yeah, which one they the were going off of. Yeah, got to the crowd was actually counting down the clock. They could see the, <laughs> they could see the uh, play clock, and they started counting down the clock. You know. Um, for the players on the field, because I, I really don't think they're used to seeing it, is what the big deal was. Um, if it, it, it's normally too, it's not up on that big thing. It's like up, on, it's on the ground, and you can see it's like a single clock there. So yeah. I don't know, and I don't think anybody told them that, hey, the play clock is up on the board. Yeah. And it's different to train your vision to be looking up at the play clock up there. I mean, these these guys that have been playing for so long, especially when you get to matriculate through high school, college, and, and so on, they, they have that opportunity. To, it's up on the scoreboard. You you train your eyes to look up there so you know what you're what you're working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, a lot of times, Gore, I think you'll agree with this, and, and uh, Bulldog, you've seen it as well, that when they are uh, – when they don't have a play clock on the field, they the referees will raise their hand up to let you mm-hmm. know you've reached mm-hmm. 10 seconds. And uh, – you know, when they put it out to their side, they're down to five seconds, and then when they lower that hand, it's done, you know. Um, right. And I don't know if that's what was happening or not, but I agree. On the All-American game and on the championship, the Division One championship game, there was a lot of uh, delay of game penalties. <laughs> yeah. Well, real quick, uh, we're, we're just about um, out of time for today, today's radio show. Um, is there any – Last-minute comments or suggestions or tips that people want to give for – I mean, I thought it was a great game. I did not actually get to go to Pittsburgh the last – you know, we didn't go to the last two championship games, um, but we've been to several of them. Um, I thought that they did a really good job um, with with the, the setup and all the different things that they put into it. I mean, they, they put almost a year's worth of work into this championship game. So I was really happy with it. Um, you know, there's always some organizational uh, mishaps that you have because, you know, things didn't come in on time. I think some of the T-shirts didn't come in on time, so then we had to figure out how to get the T-shirts to people and just little things like that. But um, all of all, thought... I thought it was – go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I thought overall, like, this might be one of the best that I've been to just presentation-wise and venue-wise. Like, the venue was really, really nice, and I appreciate that. And then they had their little promos on the um, the the uh, boards and stuff like that, and I just, I was impressed. I was impressed. I really think yeah, that the they did a really, on, yeah. really nice job. I thought they did a nice job. I liked my uniform that I got. 
this year for um, my jersey that I got for the All-American game. <laughs> I was all like, oh, because the other ones, you know, they were kind of, it's not that they were basic, but they keep getting better every year. So, you know, I can't complain. I, I, I enjoyed myself when I thought I was impressed. They, they did a good job. Good, good. Strick, what do you think? I mean, for me, this is this is my first time, so I don't have anything to compare it to, but I will definitely say that the bar was set pretty high. I mean, like Orr said, we actually had the chance to play on this field during the year, so, I mean, I knew that that main field was nice, but even that little side field that they played the other two games on was nice, and they had stands, and they had concessions, and, and like Orr said, there were promo videos, and, and they got the crowd involved, and the music was well, and they had a girl come out and sing at halftime, and it it was just very she well put so together. And, and it's, oh yeah, she she could sing, and the best part was is that she was one of the football players, and they made sure everybody knew that at the end of the performance. So, you know, I thought it yep. was awesome. And if we can continue to 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 keep the bar here, or and and hopefully raise it from from here forward, then I think the future of women's football is is definitely moving in the right direction. Yeah, Bulldog, from the outside perspective, watching on the Internet stuff, what did you think of the overall experience on it? Well, I didn't get much of that, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I, when I know the field. It's a beautiful field. Um, but from my viewpoint here, it's it's hard to comment what the girls are talking, you know, being there okay. and being on a TV screen. But I do have one thing, because we do got some uh, potential players on here tonight. Uh, Strickland. Being the rookie that you are and having the successful season that you had, do you have anything that you can say to these girls that are going to be trying out on September 1st? Um, Honestly, I would say if you're even thinking about trying out, at least just come out there and show up because just meeting everybody and and you just get a good vibe as soon as you come out there. And, and if you're an athlete and you enjoy sports and you enjoy being part of a family, that in itself, it's a great part to be around, but then once you get to actually experience the passion that is involved in football, I think any women athlete that took whatever sport they played seriously will enjoy this and and really let this be their craft for the future. It's a great opportunity just for life for everything. It's mentally challenging, it's physically challenging, but at the same time, it it has the opportunity to just raise the bar that you set for yourself and. At the end of the day, what's better than than facing adversity and growing? So, I love it. I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon. And if you're thinking about it, definitely come out. It's worth a shot. Mm. <laughs> Outstanding. So, just to recap, finally, we have just about two more minutes left. Well, about yeah, about two more minutes. Um, the Dallas Elite uh, will be having our first tryout. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we took a couple weeks off to go to the championship, and we're back at it. So September 1st, we're having our first uh, tryout for this season. Um, it's a registration online, so go online to the DallasEliteWomen'sFootball.com, and if you're interested, uh, register, and then uh, we will give you the details of where to go at what time on September 1st. And um, no experience necessary. Um, we have coaches that are willing to teach and to train and um, to determine what skills you have and, and find out where where on the field you belong. But um, whether it doesn't matter where you belong on the field, but uh, being part of a family and, and uh, a group of ladies that respects each other and appreciates the, the, uh, the differences is, is pretty cool. Do you have anything to add real quick, Coach Mike? Yeah, and I, I just want to add in there, you know, uh, we talked to – we mentioned Strickland there as a rookie. Um, we all also got to mention that Gore, having played the game for 16 years, has literally played football longer than I played. Um, you know, that that's impressive. <laughs> but that is because of the love of the game of football. She's got less gray hair than you, too. She does have a lot less gray hair. <laughs> but uh, – but, I got you know, right here, though. I just, yeah. <laughs> but I just want everybody to realize that, you know, we have the two extremes here. We have a brand-new rookie that just came in this year and uh, has a long football career ahead of her. And we've got one that's been here already 16 years and still has a fo- long football career ahead of her, I hope. Um, but uh, it, it's great to see that. And 
this that's what this sport breeds in women's football. Uh, people want to be a part of it for a long time. So. And thank you, Coach Lacey, for coming on the show as well. You guys have a great yes, night, and um, it was great seeing you the championship, and we'll see you on September 1st. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Good night, all.